Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. California's sky-high housing costs are the biggest contributors to homelessness, and older residents are feeling it the most. That's according to a new study from the University of California, San Francisco. KQED's Sydney Johnson has more. Nearly half of all unhoused adults in the state are now aged 50 or older. Virtually all respondents in the landmark report said that they wanted housing, but 89% said that they simply couldn't afford it. Tamika Moss, CEO of All Home, said that the findings mirror what she sees here in the Bay Area, like a recent spike in homelessness in Oakland. When housing costs rose exponentially, incomes either were flat or dropped for folks, and the increase in homelessness rose 41%. The UCSF study found that 90% of people experiencing homelessness in California lost their most recent housing here in the state, and 75% are living in the same county where they lost their housing. The vast majority said that a housing voucher or other financial support could have prevented their current stint of homelessness. For The California Report, I'm Sydney Johnson. A report out today from the UCLA Luskin School of Public Affairs finds that more than half of California state prisons are at a high risk for climate hazards like wildfires, flooding, and extreme temperatures. But the report shows that the Department of Corrections and Rehabilitations is not prepared. We believe that it's possible that no emergency plans for hazards um, that are climate-related exist, and so that is a strong concern. Emily Harris is the co-director of programs at the Ella Baker Center for Human Rights, an Oakland-based advocacy organization that helped produce the report. She worries that the CDCR will respond to climate hazards with the same reactive measures that they did during COVID-19. The report includes survey results from nearly 600 currently incarcerated people in all 34 state prisons. You know, they're confined. They have no access and no control over their everyday setting and and their well-being. And they're entirely dependent on the Department of Corrections to keep them safe. And I think what the report showed over and over again is that they were not keeping them safe. As lawmakers continue to look at closing state prisons, the report's authors recommend they assess which prisons are most vulnerable to climate hazards. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. 
Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find the link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Hospitals and workers agree. California has a healthcare staffing shortage. What they don't agree on is how to fix it. Democrats in the state legislature are pushing to increase the minimum wage for health care workers to $25 an hour, giving raises to almost half a million people. But hospitals, counties and business groups say now isn't the right time. Cap Radio's health care reporter Kate Wolf has the story. Georgette Bradford considers herself blessed. She's been with Kaiser Permanente in Sacramento for 19 years and thinks she makes a fair wage. But that's not true for some of her coworkers, who are medical assistants, personal care aides, and food service workers. We have members that work in the hospital but may have to live in their cars. We have members that work in the hospital and have to have two or three jobs to make ends meet. She doesn't think that's good for anybody, not her coworkers, nor the patients they serve. I don't know about you, but I would not want someone who's working on two or three hours of sleep doing my prep for my surgery. And often when they leave due to stress or injury or burnout, it's tough to recruit new people. In some instances, they can make just as much money at Hobby Lobby, In-N-Out Burger, and not put themselves at risk for catching a disease. Thousands of people who work in healthcare facilities or as home health aides make California's minimum wage, $15.50 an hour. According to a study by UC Berkeley's Labor Center, which says it advocates for working families, about three-quarters of people who do this kind of work are women, mostly women of color. And they're often the primary breadwinners for their households. Democratic State Senator Maria Elena Dorazo thinks a pay raise would help. To say that it's okay to make $32,000 a year is unacceptable or should be unacceptable. Moving that to $50,000 a year is much more along the lines of what it takes to survive. She thinks most hospitals can afford to pay more. We feel very comfortable that there are both public and private sector hospitals that are doing fine. But for those hospitals that are not doing well, we ought to have a plan for them. They're already on the brink. 
Sarah Bridge lobbies for health facilities in remote and rural places. She's with the Association of Healthcare Districts, which represents many of those local government-run systems. We've come out of the pandemic and we're looking to provide services to communities and our financial position is much different than it was pre-COVID. Already this year, a community hospital in Madeira closed. And another one in Visalia laid off more than 130 staff. Several others have warned they're in dire financial straits. Bridge says they can't afford to raise the minimum wage. It will lead to closures. Because if you can't afford to meet the mandate, you will have to make decisions of services to cut. County governments and the state's business community are also opposed to the bill. The California Chamber of Commerce calls it a job killer that would cost $8 billion annually. That label historically signifies a steep road to becoming law. However, Durazo's bill passed the Senate and is currently being shaped in the Assembly. She says she'll be taking the needs of health care providers into account. We do care about those hospitals, whether they're in the urban areas or in a rural area. We care about everyone having access. The challenge is preserving that access, balancing the needs of workers with keeping remote hospitals open. For The California Report, I'm Kate Wolf. And that's the California Report for Wednesday, June 21st. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Paint Care, now with more than 850 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. The James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.